Welcome, 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 one and all, to Dad to the Bone. My name is QJ, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host by the name of Sam. That's yeah, what that Sam with an exclamation point. So is it like Sam? Is that how you say it? Or, like, yeah, like Sam. Like, like what up, Sam? Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> hey, welcome to another episode of Dad to the Bone, man. You know what? I'm taking off my glasses. You know why? Why? I've seen enough. Uh, I don't know why that didn't work too well. But, hey, it <laughs> is a new episode, a new us, same old me. It is, yes. <laughs> you know, the, the dad jokes, like, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're okay. But we'll, we'll just move on, man. Hey, so we're into the swing of the new year. I've seen enough. <laughs> Oh no, don't try. <laughs> See, that's why you shouldn't make fun of people that wear glasses. That's what you get. <laughs> hey awesome. man, but um I, I've been uh I've been trying to get into the swing of this year, man. It, it's got a little bit of a leftover of 2020, but you know, it's it's been um it's moving, man. I guess it's we're moving. moving. We're moving. You know, I asked somebody um the other day, I asked them to um I needed a response, like I was in a text thread. And I asked him to send, uh, if you can confirm to this like meeting that we're having, uh, send a GIF that represents 2021 to you, you know? And I got some good stuff, man. I got some, I got some really, I got one where the person cut the whole, cut a slice of cake and then took the whole cake and left the slice. <laughs> I was like, nice. I can get with that. I can get with that. Yeah. You know, so in, in my office, we do these things called coffee talks on every first Monday. Like we just kind of talk about what's coming up, what now, what next, what to look out for. Yeah. And as I was leading the conversation today, this was literally the example that I use. I said, so, hey, um, here's the deal. Uh, 2020 is kind of like being in a serious relationship that was really bad. And 2021 is like getting over it. Like it's still kind of there. So yeah. we turn the page, but we, we expect some residual to, to roll in. Yes. yes. Well, dude, Hey, I've, I've really enjoyed our season thus far. We have another guest this week um, that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, his name is Kalik. He's actually a friend of both of ours. And so this is not somebody that we're bringing in because um, you know, we've heard about him or whatever or acquaintance. Like this is a dude that we've seen, parenting in real life. We've seen him being a dad in real life. So Kalik is a manager at Enterprise where he's been for like, I don't know, the last like three years, something like that. Um, his wife and him have been married for the last five years, but they've been together for about a decade. Her name is Corinne. She is wonderful. Um, we've seen her be an awesome mom in real life as well. And so it's cool to see their dynamic and the way that they're raising their kids and all of that. Um, Kalik was born in Norfolk, but he's like, but well, that's not where I lived. I grew up in Virginia Beach. So he grew up in Virginia Beach, but then he's been in Detroit for the last 11 years. So he considers himself a Detroiter, even though he doesn't like Verners. I, I have a beef with that because I could literally just take an IV of Verners straight into the arm and just like. He's I can take Detroit, though. I mean, Verners, all the Verners. There are other tests you can take. Like, does he like better made chips? Or that's true. But but Verners is just it's near and dear to my heart and my soul. But Kalik and Corinne have two kids. I almost said three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Watch out, 2021. Watch out now. Watch out now. He's got a daughter, Cameron, who's three, and a son, Zeke, who turns one this month. And so it's just – I'm excited to have him on, man. 
Yeah, man, I'm excited to have him on. And I think it's it's going to be fun to hear what he has to say, particularly as it pertains to um, we're in Black History Month and the project that he's working on. Uh, Absolutely. Dude, bring him in. Bring him in. Let's hang out. Excited to hear what he has to say about it. So I'll bring him in and we can go ahead and talk about those things. Yeah, for sure. What up? Welcome. What man. up, Q? What up, Sam? What an exclamation. <laughs> it's, it's like exciting. Like, hey! it's It's in your face. Yeah, I have a I've been going by QJ on the show, but it never really stuck in the show. So um, I'm, I think it's time to do a name change like Prince. Do it. Just make a symbol. Just put like an emoji there. You know, yeah. if I could, if I could. OK, if, if I could give you an emoji, QJ, for the corner of your screen. It would be the smiley face with hard eyes. I was thinking it would be the monocle. The guy thinking with the monocle. That's what. Oh I'm yeah, thinking. like the the monocle is like the one glass thing. Yeah. Anyway, Khalid, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'll give you a unicorn, Q, because you're one of a kind. Oh. Aww. 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 How, how do you, how do you feel about cute, how do you feel about the things that you project? You got lovey eyes and a unicorn. <laughs> hey. You know, You're a guy. You know what? It's all good in my book, man. You know what? Um, what when it comes to emojis, what what else is there? Like, is there like a real masculine one? <laughs> no, I mean you could be like the the muscle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, so I'll take the the unicorn and I'll take the uh, the heart one too. Um, That's good, man. Hashtag girl dad. Yeah, dude. As as two of the uh, in the crowd, you guys get my pain. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We know. Khalid, tell us a little about a bit about yourself, man. Uh, man, I am a I'm a free spirit at heart. That's why I like to say everything. I don't like to be bogged down to one thing. So if I get bored quickly, I will roam and do other things. But as you mentioned before, I'm from Virginia Beach, so I like to say me and Pharrell are best friends. We think alike, but I know oh, yeah. I've never met the man in my life. Um, but when I see him interview, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're me and I'm you. So yeah, we, we're the same. We come from the same city. It must, it must sure. be yeah. Um, I came to Detroit in 2011, been here since then. So like you said, almost a decade. So I consider myself a Detroiter, although I don't like Verners, as I mentioned, and I don't like the Detroit Lions, but I have a soft spot for the Lions. I do. And cause it doesn't matter where I'm at in the world. I will come back when and if the Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl. I can be in Japan. I will make that flight back that night, no matter what, because I want to see the city. I am mortgaging my house. I'm pawning my car. I am at that game. I'm there. I will sell everything. (laughs) I will be there. I will be there. Yep. So I will need I will need to be there and just bask in that glory of success that Detroit has been waiting for for so long. <laughs> it's much needed, dude, especially lately, dude. All of our sports teams are garbage. Yeah, the I was just looking at a report today. The Pistons got rid of some players too soon, like Christian Wood, and they're balling in other places. I know. Um, you got two players, though, right now. I can't remember the names. I just looked at the report today, but they're balling. They're averaging about 23, 24. They are, and, and we're losing a lot, but we're not losing by large margins. And so, you know, that makes it less painful, I guess. They, well, it's 
I think they have to try out the year. In terms of, again, what the report's saying, get the ball out of Rose's and Griffin's hand in clutch time and let them step in and get used to it. How about how about get rid of Griffin and Rose from our team? <laughs> you could. Griffin might be harder, but Rose could probably happen this year. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Well, hey, what's the most dad thing you've done lately? Uh, Today, in general, now my kids wake up when we wake up. doesn't matter when they sleep. They can go to sleep at 9, 10. Zeke has not had a full night's sleep, I don't know, in a year, 10 months <laughs> since he's been uh, since he's been born. So this morning at 5.30, I make coffee for myself, for Corinne. I'm like, I get a little peace and time. I actually had time to meditate this morning. But then I hear the footsteps. Tit, 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 tit. And I know that is Cameron. And Cameron says the cutest and the scariest thing are at the same time. She says, Dada. I'm awake. <laughs> and it's cute when you hear it, but you know it comes with it. Oh, yeah. So I got the news on in the coffee. And she's like, Dad, I'm awake. I want to play. Like, nope, I'm watching the news. Come face. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten to that to that mode where I don't want to be bothered. And I use the news as my excuse <laughs> to not <laughs> engage with my daughter in the morning. <laughs> Dude, you, I mean, you're learn. You're learn, You have a three year old and almost one year old. So, you're you're still early in this yes. whole track, right? And so, I mean, it's we're learning consistently. We're learning what works, what doesn't, and we're you. We will continue to learn. You will continue to learn. I have I have an eleven year old, and on down, right? There is no quiet time in mm-hmm. the morning. I mean, I can say to my kids, "Hey, pick that up. Hey, pick that." Like seven hundred times, but like if I open a bag of cookies at night. Boom! They are straight out of the bed. Straight. Hey, Dad. Boom! Hey, Dad. Right there. Hey, Dad. What are you eating? What is that? What do you mean? What is that? You know exactly what it is. Go back to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. My kids are they're they're detectives too, and they're they're sneaky. They're stealthy. They know exactly when I get a moment to myself, and they're like, "Hey, Dad." After bedtime, I'm like I can't sleep. Was it like I'm like, wait, you were just in your bed, but it's like right when they hear the the bag open. Hello. Yep. <laughs> That's it, man. They got a radar for that kind of thing. <laughs> for, for Cam, it's like, I want some. And before you get a chance to say yes or no, her hand's already in your plate. Um, I wanted to talk to you just because it, it kind of falls in line with Black History Month. You have a project going on uh, with uh, that you're doing right now. Can you tell us about your project that you're doing? Yeah, so it's a project that it's like my passion piece, and it's titled Do You See Me Now? Um, I've had it on IG at DYSMN underscore 13.4, which that 13.4 is supposed to resemble the population of Black people in the United States from the last census. Um, But it all started after George Floyd. And of course, with me growing up in this skin, I've seen numerous instances to where there was video or there's been police brutality or other prejudices or other events of racism. But this one stuck out more because it was in real time, if you will, like you can see the knee, you can see the the request for air, and you can see the non-compliance by the cop. So it hit me in a different way, as well as Ahmad Aubrey happening. So combine both of those events, I was like, it's no more for me just to talk to Corinne and tell her how frustrated I am, or talk to my friends and tell them how frustrated I am, or be afraid to put something that isn't just attacking another side, but putting something from my heart. 
for the world to see. And the overall goal is not to be popular or be famous from this by any means, but it's to get the word out to my circle of influence. And where it goes from there is where it goes from there. So I've done about five to six videos. And the whole idea is to get stories from Black people from all spectrums of life, from the CEO to the janitor to the teacher to whatever the case may be. It's we are all the same, but realize we all or we all have different things and we're all black, but we walk out of the house differently than what other most races do. Um, we already have to walk out the house of a comfortable area where we're comfortable at and go into a world where we're uncomfortable from the get go. Um, and that doesn't matter where you go or, or, or what profession that you're in. There's a second way of where we have to think. We have to think differently. We have to talk to be more accepted. We have to address to be more accepted to the point to where, for the most part, we don't even know our own culture, our own tribe. Um, if you break it all, if you take it all the way back, we don't have a heritage that we cling on to because we come from so many different tribes where we were put together here to just be black. So it was to show people, again, the similarities of who we are and what we do. And we want the same things that you do. We don't want to take things away. We just want the same opportunities. And we're already doing that. We just have to work a little bit harder than most. Yeah, and I think that's something that's really needed right now, particularly in our current culture that we're in. Um, I think the, the 2020 was incredibly divisive uh, because of, of what happened in a lot of ways where um, I think everyone kind of drew a line in the sand in, in a lot of particular ways, politically or in certain stances. And so I think what it did was, I think it was a catalyst for a lot of folks like yourself and like myself to say, all right, I think we have we need to say something. Like, I think that, you know, at times, I don't think there's been a passivity to it, but there wasn't always a vocality there where you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, listen, we've been playing nice for so long. Like, and now it's like, well, why are you so angry? Well, we've been angry the whole time. It's just, mm -hmm. this is now where it's like, this man lost his life. And, you know, that was just like symbolically like enough. We're like, look, like what, what else do you need? Like <laughs> how much more is it going to take? And so we need to bring, I think it's a campaign to bring back humanity. And, and I think, it's funny how these things highlight why we need things like a Black History Month, why we need things like an affirmative action, like why these things were put in place in the first place, because as generations go along, we get so far removed from them. You know, like, for example, when I think about uh, systemic uh, racism or systematic racism or institutionalized racism, these things are so subtle. You know, everyone knows overt racism and they know overt prejudice, but systemic uh, prejudice and uh, systematic, you know, and you guys correct me, um, it's harder to see. And but I feel like now it's a little bit easier to see because you're like, whoa, I, that makes sense. Like redlining. Oh, I can see that. Like looking at how, you know, credit scores are jacked up for some more than others. And, you know, how um, realtors would show wouldn't show black folks some home and others. I mean, you know, it speaks to the importance of that. And so I love your project with the Do You See Me Now? Because you take, um, you're taking people of color and you're showing them as doctors, as financial advisors, as, you know, community developers, as army men. And you're, I, I love how you're restoring that humanity. And so, and particularly as fathers too. So that's, that's my kudos to you. Like as a father, how, how do you, see your role in sharing those stories and sharing 
stories in general about that background? Um, I see it as necessary. It started with my mom. She really kept it prevalent in me and my brother's life as we grew up to let us know that you have Black History Month, but it's more than just that one particular month. You need to know a little bit more about your history. Mm -hmm. And it's what I've just so happened to learn a little bit more as I've gotten older, especially in between this age of 28 and 30. And I turned 31 uh, coming up here soon in Black History Month, February 15th. Here we go, day before Valentine's Day. Just a little quick shout out. Um, but for my kids, it's important for them to know because until, at least in my opinion, a curriculum changes in the entire school system um, to acknowledge that history and not just Black history, just history in general of everybody um, and get it right and not it just be written for, as they say, the winners. I watch a lot of trolls. Um, history been written for the winners. Um, then I can fall back a little bit more, but I won't fall back because I want them to know. And I am the teacher in that moment. A lot of the view of the world for my kids is going to come from this household. Um, and I want them to be prepared for that. But I also want them to be prepared for my wife is white. So I want them to be prepared for that side as well. Like know your black history, but know your history on your your mom's side too and where she comes from. And not to set that aside and, you know, just say, hey, because in the world, she's just going to be black or she's going to be a mixed child. But she's going to have multi-dimensionals and multi-cultures to think of and be about and that she's already engulfed in. So I wanted to love being black. I also wanted to love being white. I just wanted to love being human at the end of the day, which we're trying to do and pass that on to everybody else. Just we get caught in picking a side and being so being so stuck to that. But we live our lives really in the middle of trying to get things or get away with things, but everything else becomes so polarizing, like racist. Dude, and I think I think you hit something huge there too that I think I think parents, you know, as three dads sitting here, um, I think it's super important for us to educate our children because if we're depending on a school system to do it, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like even, even, okay. In public schools and stuff. I mean, you know, they observe black history month, whatever, but I mean, you walk out of public school knowing what the names of maybe three, four historic black people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, Harriet all right. Tubman. Yeah, yeah, Harriet Tubman. All right. You know, George Washington Carver. All right. Like, and you get like a handful of names and we're supposed to be like, all right, these are the black people that that excelled, and it's like, whoa, whoa wait, a, wait a second, they're way more than this. Like, what, what's going on? Yeah. What's happening here? You know what I mean? Exactly. And yep. so I think it. Is, I think you're right. I think it's super important for us as fathers to educate our children on all of that sort of thing. And and I like what you said. Um, you know, the the my kids' view of the world is is going to happen in this house. Like, it's going to be established and designed in this house. And I think there's a lot of truth and a lot of weight to that. Like there's a lot of responsibility to that because that's positive and negative. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's a huge responsibility right. for dads uh, to take on, man. That's huge. That's good stuff. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that completely. I mean, you know, you and I have similar stories to colleagues, so, you know, I can appreciate that. I, parenting when I look about think about parenting in 2020, I, I mean, 2021 now, uh, it's I mean, I think the way in which fathers embrace their fatherhood is amazing and in, in providing more than just a meal and providing like 
sharing that story and providing that that male influence in both our our sons and our daughters' lives. And and you know, for you to kind of take that approach, I mean, I, I really applaud that. And so your kids are like super young. So, um, but I, in my eyes, you're super young too. So how's the energy energy level match up between you and them? Like, are you you? go all the time too or you know i know she said you had to take a little break in the morning time but how do you match their energy like are you are you running with them are you like that that's gonna take a break because i know i have to take a break sometimes no nah, if it's warm outside it's pass on those responsibilities to corinne i'll go do yard work for about <laughs> two hours i'll stretch it out real long <laughs> no but they are um uh, i try to uh but i become a human and i know my limits and it's it's the toughest part being a new dad because I want to give them all that time. Like we watch Bluey now and Bluey's a fantastic cartoon that Disney has on Disney Plus. They do a couple of things in the morning, but it's an Australian based animation cartoon, which I think it's, it's beautiful because it gives me ideas of how to be a better dad and play with my kids. But then when I put that into real life, I can't be on like that 24 seven and I have to, I have to realize that. So it's, I try to match it as much as possible, but those little buggers who are asleep right now, which one will probably be up right after this podcast, um, <laughs> they're energy vampires, so they take it <laughs> they take it real quick, and I, I just can't sustain it. That's like someone telling you to do 100 push-ups right now in under a minute. You, you're going real good for the first 15, 20, 25. When you hit 30, it's a struggle. So it's I have to accept that, but also be able to be okay with that. So if I can't play with you right now, Let's find some other avenues. Now, it just so happened my daughter loves to paint. She loves to read, uh, albeit that praise goes to Corinne for working on working on that with her. Um, but, and she likes to watch TV from time to time, but she likes to watch just three things. Trolls, Trolls Holiday, and it goes back and forth between Moana and Grinch. She loves the Grinch. Moana so, is a staple in this household. <laughs> <laughs> So when she wants to watch something, it goes through that. But I'm more okay with it because I grew up with the TV. Corinne, it's more of a struggle because she was a little bit more sheltered. Like she just watched Space Jam in 2011. That's how sheltered she was. Whoa, um, what? Whoa. So it's it's a struggle to have them not watch TV because she doesn't want them to get hooked to it. And I can understand yeah. that very much so. But in order to give yourself a break, she has to, we, we try to give up a little bit. Now, yeah, Khalil, let me jump back real quick to, so your wife is white, and so your kids mm -hmm. are mixed, and and your oldest daughter's three, so you guys are not having, like, these major conversations yet, right? Like, tonight at my dinner table, um, my uh, number four out of six, right? Number four. Um, he asked, he was, he was talking today. At dinner and he just we're talking about his day a kid in his class had a birthday right and he brought donuts and so he's telling us about his donuts and uh he looks over and he goes um what did he say he said something like hey dad i was like yeah and he's like every person in my class has brown skin except for me and one other boy <laughs> and i was like that's awesome man he's like yeah. And that was that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like we're, that was it. Right. And so, um, you know, for, for the listeners, people watching in, like um, I have four biological children and then two foster children. Um, 
two foster daughters and they are both black. And so there's a, a, an interracial situation going on at my table as well. And so I'm wondering, how are you being like intentional? And even how is Corinne being intentional? What are the conversations look like between you and Corinne uh, surrounding black history and educating your daughters and empowering your daughters? And then what are you guys like intentionally doing even at the age of three to sort of posture them, you know, to, to accomplish what you're hoping to accomplish? I know that's kind of a heavy loaded question, but like, what does that look like in your household? No, I've been preparing for that question for three years. So um, <laughs> in our household, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost every day, if you will. And I don't try to throw it in my wife's face because you can have some fatigue after a while. Yeah. But I try to just bring it up and expose exposure to things, whether that's movies, shows, um, history notes, things that we watch on the news and my own experience growing up being black. So for my daughter, uh, you can back in the day, whether it's a cartoon, a doll, majority of those dolls would be white or that representation of a, a hero or the person yeah. watching your cartoon is usually someone white. So yeah. we expose her still to all of that, but then she knows Doc McStuffins. She has books like I Am Enough um, or other ones, I forget the one about her hair, but it's the one where it shows what black hair is like. And yeah, how yeah, daddy the, dad, the dad's doing the hair? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hair love. Hair love. Um, yeah. And then she has, she got a black doll for Christmas. Her name's Maya. She has a black baby named Baby Dot. Doesn't have a real name, it's just Baby Dot. Um, <laughs> and then we exposed her, we tried this thing. We saw Black is King from Beyonce, and we exposed it to that, and she loves it. Like her three-year-old birthday party was three Beyonce. I if saw that. Have like you seen any of the photos? Corinne made the same type of design from the Coachella concert from Beyonce and put that on her hoodie because she really wanted a Beyonce. She listens to that album every day, so it was just exposing it to those type of things um, and getting her prepared for it. And one of her best friends is Grayson, which is from. A beautiful couple that we all know with Brittany and Chris. So it's to exposure to it, but also not to not isolate her. And again, not to push her away from other things, because as we know, you guys can probably speak to this better than I can. Your kids don't know what the other race is until it's talked about or someone like makes a difference about it. Until then, they just see somebody that is around the same height, has the same energy that they want to play with. Yeah. And that's all I want to do with my kids is keep them in that same environment and have them truly play with somebody or judge somebody off their conversation, off their character first. All that other stuff, if they haven't done anything bad to you, then it doesn't matter what they look like until something happens. So it's just that exposure um, and getting them prepared for it. Let them know there's more than one way or yeah. more, than, more than one example. Yeah, no, that's that's huge. Q, you're, you're in a similar situation. You want to Share any insight on that? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's the same thing. So we we try to expose them to different things. So, I mean, for us, it started with just like the dolls and everything and making sure they did, they had dolls of color, making sure that they had dolls that looked like them. They had, you know, the Hair Love, the book you guys talked about, books like I'm a Pretty Little Black Girl and The Spectrum. So, you know, um, I'm in my marriage and, and my wife, I'm in the interracial marriage. We you know, we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that it's different. We acknowledge how, you know, how the world perceives that and and really kind of give them an idea of um, 
what it means to understand like who they are, you know, for example, talking about the fact that, you know, they are both black and Irish. And so understanding what that means. So means and how to how the world perceives that and perceives them in terms of noticing that they're just not white. And so when we talk about things like uh, George Floyd and the world and perception, like the reality is that sometimes it just breaks down to that simple. You either perceived as being white and, and sometimes you're not. But understanding that the bias that comes with uh, what you have, the bias of being a woman, the bias of being a person of color, the bias of coming from a certain area. And, you know, like Kalik, like you kind of talked about, it's just little little conversations that you have. So little things that you say, you know, along the way, like, hey, you know, that, that little girl looks like you or, you know, have you ever noticed if you were different or not? And, you know, I was having this conversation actually with my cousin the other day. Um, we we're talking about it. Now there's a lot more of uh, different mixtures of cultures and just exposure. So it's not as rare. So like when we were growing up, like, right, I feel like honestly, when I was growing up, I'm an 80s baby. So I own that. Um you know, there there would be like this whole stigma of like you were from a single parent household. You were you were the weird one, like you were the mm-hmm. different one. And now it's not weird. Divorce is not weird. Like mixed um, mixed family, they call them mixed when it's like you have kids from different families. They call that a um, is that a mixed family? What do they call that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What blended. do they call it? Blended family. families. Blended families. Blended. Are, are normal now and like families where you know there might be two moms or two dads like this is things that um you mm-hmm. know are they're exposed to and so one of the things i had to catch myself on was like in trying to keep it real with my daughters telling them too much and they're like that you know like saying like well hey you know uh you're your mom and i we're different and she's like how like you know there goes sarah and her dad and there goes molly and her mom and i'm like oh well but you know does, does he notice it? No, just you know, it's, as time goes by, the things that we grew up with are not the same things that they grew up with. And that's why, right. you know, um, I know people, for example, who um, showed their kids the George Floyd video. And, and I just didn't think it was necessary because the context <clears throat> for what it means to me doesn't resonate with them right now. And right. so and each parent has their own choice. And so, you know, but just dealing with the subtleties of their life and like dealing with the fact that like, you know, sometimes people are going to want to touch their hair and you're going to be like, Hey, back up, you know, uh, but recognize your, your space and like, you know, like, no, I don't want to be petted. I mean, you know, I don't pet you, but also Mm -hmm. understanding people's curiosity too, because as humans, we are curious. So Mm -hmm. just, you know, just meeting them at that level. So understanding, I guess I would say understand what they're dealing with too. And, and not projecting what you are afraid they're dealing with. It's, and it's, it's crazy, too. Like like you said, 80s baby. I was an 80s baby as well. And it's like, <clears throat> I mean, I was like much, much later in the 80s than you were, I think. I'm pretty confident. But, um, <laughs> I think you were born in like your own 80s year. Like, right? It's called the, the fam year, right? I think you were like 79 and a half, and I was like 89 and a half. I don't know. Yeah, it was like the year of the Sam. That's what they called it. I'm pretty sure. The year of no, the Sam. But, but honestly, I, I, to, back to your point, it's like, you know, it is different now. You know, there is so much more exposure to multiple cultures because, you know, being raised where I was, I, I mean, so I was raised in Detroit. I grew up over at like seven mile and Kelly. And, um, but I, I didn't know 
what was happening with anyone else in the world except my block on Novara Street. Like, I knew what was happening in my block. You know what I mean? I didn't know. I wasn't connected through the internet, and my parents weren't even connected through the internet. My parents knew what was happening in their families and at their job. Mm-hmm. And like, that was it. We didn't know what was happening in New York or LA or, you know, Montana. Like, there was no interconnectivity there. Or even, I didn't even know, you know, I'm, I'm over on the east side of Detroit. I didn't know what was happening on the west side of Detroit. I didn't know what was happening in Dearborn. I didn't know what was happening in Hamtramck. I didn't know what was happening, you know, in Madison Heights or wherever in Metro Detroit where we have these different culture pockets, you know? And, but now I feel like there's so much more connectivity via the internet. You know what I mean? Back in the, back in the, um, the eighties or what a nineties, when I was a nineties kid or whatever, there's no way I would have known about George Floyd. There's no way, there's no way that that video would have, or that instance would have entered my world. You know what I mean? And, and not only because I'm white, it's just because I think the, the world, our worlds were so much smaller. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think the, the projection of, the world getting bigger and bigger because of the internet and because of media and social media and all that stuff. I feel like that's only going to be an advantage if our children learn to leverage that for connectivity. Does that make sense? It does. Cause I think that's where, where my optimism comes from and the youth coming up is that information is there now at the same time, it's scary because so much of this information is being put on top of that and it's being used as the gospel. Um, but I think our generation, at least our kids, are able to find what are the correct sources, where to yeah. find, because it's at the tip of their fingers. Like if my daughter, when she gets to 10 to 15, she'd be able to Google or whatever is the search engine by that time, uh, Google George Floyd, and it'll pop up. In the it'll, it'll be like this, hey Google. Yeah. exactly and it might project like black panther right off of her watch yeah yeah, right uh, (laughs) like a hologram of of the happening (laughs) holograms only i was joking the other day um you know how like you see people in that car and before you think they were talking to themselves but now you know they're talking to the bluetooth Mm -hmm. i think in the future you're gonna see people doing this and you're gonna know you're gonna not you're going to know that they're like swiping through their glasses at first right. you're going to be like, are they okay? But you're going to be like, Oh no, they're just swiping up and down on there. <laughs> but finish your thought, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Khalid. Oh, no, no. I mean, that was, that was basically, I, I'm, um, I have optimism knowing that our generation knows where to get that information, but also more accepted than anyone else. Yeah. Um, they love for the most part their their black friend, their Chaldean friend, their Irish, Polish friend, their Native American friend. They they love them because that's what they've kind of seen. And these movements to be more accepting has happened way before 2020. And it's, it's been approaching in the early 2000s, 2010s as they've gotten older. So they understand that they haven't been segregated like that. Yeah. So that culture shift is going to change. It's just a matter of, of when. I know. And it sucks it really sucks that it, 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 it's so slow. You know, you want it to be the kind of thing where it's like, guys, I mean, this is a no brainer. Like mm-hmm. this is a no brainer. What's the problem? But it is, it is a slow progression, but I, I'm with you, colleague. I'm very optimistic. Um, you know, with all this information, there's, there's the, the tendency for people to get overwhelmed and with too much information, which makes me a little nervous. I think that's why anxiety is so high and, you know, all the stress and all the things, Mm-hmm. But I think us as dads, if we can coach our kids and teach our kids and and sort of um, 
you know, be an example for our kids to leverage all this information and connectivity for the positive rather than allowing it to bog us down and, you know, freak us out. I think that can be huge, you know? Yeah. And, and at least one of the biggest lessons I want for my kids to know is, you know, it's okay for you to not know. It's okay mm. for you to ask. It's okay for you to be wrong. Yeah. Just say I'm wrong. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. Um, Cause at least in my experience and I, in my opinion, I can feel like most people have this idea of I can't be wrong. So even if it's shown to me that I'm wrong, I'm going to argue blue in the face that that's not the case. I have this joke with my right, with my, with Corinne saying, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Yeah. And in a scary way, that's still kind of how things happen, but they happen more, more mean, if you will. So um, I, I want to let them know in order for you to grow, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And really, in order for you to be the smartest person in the room, you need to be the dumbest person in the room. Yeah. That way you can grab from everybody that's in there and use that information as you will um, and be OK with that. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Active listening. It's a lost art. It's a, so I think we're taught and because being anxious, we're taught the opposite of what we should do, which is like sit back and listen. We just we feel like we got to feel the air. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we got to be okay with there being like a pause and there being no one talking and listening because we learn more from listening than we do talking. And, you know, the old adage of, you know, God gave you like two ears and one mouth for a reason is very <laughs> true because we learn that. And, you know, to take it to your point, one of, one of my, my fears I have with all this information we have is it seems like the evolution has become, as we've gotten more information, we've cut off from each other reality and so that's been the scary part because the subcultures have gotten very thick and you see mm -hmm. the subcultures very thick at play when you just look at the past election and now like everybody doesn't accept the results equally no matter how many facts no matter how many statistics no matter how many times you 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 recount is like no that's not what reality is because that's not what i want and it comes from this insulation we get from just having so much at our fingertips where we're like, we feel like we do know, but the reality is it's not being put through the proper lenses and the proper angles to where we were, you know, we're kind of coming to our own conclusions and, you know, to tie it to black history in our jobs as parenting, that's where that shaping and molding comes in to say, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. This is why this is important now. Like, you know, I, I get where you are, but remember where we came from to get to this point. And get why it's still valid to the conversation because your friends might not say or be racist in ways, but they might not be aware of which the way the culture, the racism or the sexism or the misogyny is just built into the culture. You know, mm -hmm. like, RGB was a big deal because of the cases she fought for, fighting for women to be able to open up a bank account on their own, which today which is ridiculous to think they wouldn't have been able to do. And which right. even more ridiculous is to think that businesses actually had these practices, thinking that they were doing the morally right thing to do. And right. so it's, it's, I always say now, my favorite thing is to say to quote the temptation song, is the world of confusion. But you know, that's where the active listening comes in and putting on the, the, the putting on your ears, as they say, click them on and, and listening and sifting through the noise as, as parents, that's, that's just what we got to do. We got to help our kids to sift through the noise and like keep that sound mind, sound body. That's huge. So yep, and I hope. No, go ahead. Please go ahead. 
No, just real quick, I'm just going to say, and I hope that they process things and are able to sit back and observe, just like you were saying. It drives Corinne crazy when I don't respond right away, but I let her know I'm an observer. So if you ask me, what do I want to do today? It may take me 30 minutes, babe, just calm down. I'll give you an answer. I just have to think about it. If I give it to you off the cuffs, it's not going to be the right thing that I'm thinking, and I'm going to not want to do that, and I'm going to resent it, and I'm going to, the whole situation is going to be messed up. Mm-hmm. So I need to think about what you asked me, really process it, and then I'll I, I have a response for you. Yeah, there's like they say there's the real answer and the right answer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and too many times we give that right answer and not the real one, and we end up regretting it. And you know, <laughs> right. you, your uh, lady, your partner says, what do you want for breakfast? You really want, you know, some Mickey D's. Next thing you know, she's making you some fresh eggs, and you're like, ah, oh, that's not I want it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'll take some fresh eggs. I'll take some fresh eggs from anybody who's willing to cook them up for me in the morning. <laughs> Sign me up. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, the, the point of it though is we of course that's the correct answer. If someone's gonna cook for you, you're gonna say, Of course, absolutely, make me fresh eggs. But if you've been eating eggs all week and like you've had those same fresh eggs like scrambled all week, and like you know, you've been like, Man, I really would like to change it up this week. Like checking in with yourself is important and teaching our kids to check in with themselves too and, and understand what's driving their behavior is really the is the goal, man. Like yeah, you know, that awareness. For sure. Now, Khalid, you so you are you are three years in to being a dad, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So I know a lot of times some of our listeners are young dads, some of them are, you know, in the middle, some of them have been dads for a long time. Um, but what, what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out, like just thinking about being a dad, what advice would you give to yourself? Okay. Corinne is pregnant, um, with Cameron and you're flipping out, you're freaking out, but now, now you're a veteran, right? You're three years in. So, so you ain't got the same fears and struggles that you had before. What what advice would you give to that colleague, the colleague before? New daddy colleague. Yeah. Uh, it it may sound generic, but I think some of the stuff is very true. It's it's really just to be patient because when you're doing anything new, cooking, driving, making music, DJing, whatever the case may be, the first go around is going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to be frustrated because you don't excel at it. It it doesn't feel natural. It's not happening the way that you saw it happening. So it's to to be very patient about that. And three years in, I don't have that down pat. I would be lying if I said I had that. Probably 10, 15 years in, I'm still not going to have it down pat. 11 years in, I don't have it down pat. Because and still working. Right, because each year is different. They get older in a different year. So it's a new set of challenges. So you have to be able to roll those punches. Now you're going to make those mistakes and you got to be okay with making those mistakes. You got to be self-aware. Um, it goes back to kind of how we were talking about, about being wrong. There's plenty of things I've done wrong with my kids because I talk to my kids as if they're adults or if they're humans. I don't do the baby, baby talk. you know, like, yo, baby doll, I love you, but I need you to get out of my face right now because you're acting a little too wild. Or you're not going to jump on that couch again. And if she talks back, I say, all right, we're going to bed. Enough is enough. Yeah. But. I have to realize, especially with my daughter who's three, and then I got the the one I got Zeke who's almost a year old. I look at her as an older sibling already and forget that she's just three. 
So I talk to her as if she's like 16, 18, and you, you know better than this, but she yeah. doesn't really, she's a kid. Yeah. So I have to, I have to, I lie, Corinne has to remind me <laughs> about that uh, in order to put me back in my place and notice that, hey, I understand where you're coming from and being frustrated, but watch how you come off to your kids because they see that and they take it in. And I've noticed it a couple of times in my daughter's face and she may seem like a disappointment and I don't want her to, to have that feeling growing up. Cause I've had those feelings and my mom had to do it. She had to play mom and dad. And so she was a little bit more aggressive than nurturing. And I'm starting to be more aggressive in certain ways, but I need to fall back and be a little bit more nurturing. That's, that's huge, man. Patience. <laughs> that's, and you said it sounds generic and we've, we've already had, you know, many guests on here. Nobody said that yet is patience. Um, you know, some people said it's going to be okay. Some people said, you know, don't, don't stress about the small stuff, whatever, but patience is huge because you, like you said, patience needs to be renewed every day, every week, every month, every year. Like patience is something that continually needs to be renewed. You need to be patient with your kids, but then you also need to be patient with yourself and allow yourself, like you said, to have those, those mess ups and those mistakes and stuff, because nobody's perfect. You know, nobody gets it right all the time, you know, kids or you as a dad. And so patience is huge, man. That's, that's solid. I love that. Yeah, man. I love it too. I love also just the idea of recognizing that your kids are still kids. I I had that, that I I literally apologize to my middle child because she is such a personality. She is like, her personality is just, it can be so big sometimes. And sometimes she can be like the gentlest, you know, a little, baby you've ever seen because she's a middle child right and so mm-hmm. i literally apologized to her because it just dawned on me the other day kind of like click to your point i'm like man she said i'm seven and i was like whoa you're seven like sometimes in my brain like <laughs> you're 25 but you know it's my yeah. it's my baby she's 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 only seven and like you know i raised my daughters to carry themselves you know i'm teaching them to be leaders but i'm teaching them to I'm not teaching them to like call themselves a leader. I'm teaching them to act as leaders. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean just stand in front of the line or like speak the loudest. That means do the little things, do the work, mm-hmm. like That's real. pay attention to the details. I'm not saying I want you to be like the person with the hand up all the time. I'm saying I want you to be a real leader. And in doing so, I have to give them, I have to give myself like forgiveness and, and give them the patience to grow. And so, Kalik, man, I, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing that message with us and kind of allowing us to learn more about you. So I think that your project you're doing, the Do You See Me Now and the work that you're doing, I think it's phenomenal just bringing back, you know, again, I think this is a humanity campaign and restoring thank humanity. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Can you tell the folks where to find your um uh, what you're rolling out, where to find this whole thing that you're doing, where to find it. So can you give more details on that and how to contact you? Yeah. Um, so I have two separate pages. I blast those on. Of course, Do You See Me Now has its own page at DYSMN underscore 13.4. Uh, but it's also plastered all over my personal page uh, at DJ underscore leak, which I know is not my name, but it's my DJ name. I'm a man of many hats. <laughs> so love it. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you can find it on that page as well. Um, I even keep it in my highlights on my personal page. So 
some of the videos I've done personally, some of the quick snippets of those videos I've done are all plastered up there. So anytime you need to find some, some something similar to that, find it there if you need to get in contact with me. Because again, I would love your story. Really, anybody of person of color, I would love to hear your story because your story is unique. Um, you can always uh, hit me in my DMs on at DJ Leak or at the Do You See Me Now page. Awesome. I love it. I love it. You and heard I it here. Slide into the DMs. Yeah. Slide. Yeah, I think we need to find a new phrase for that, by the way, because I think I think it's one of those things where people don't understand the true like origin of it. And we all say it casually, like, yeah, Kalik, I'm gonna slide into your DMs. Like, whoa, come <laughs> out. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. not today. Do uh, you're gonna direct message me and talk. You're not sliding yeah. in my DMs. We're we're just talking. <laughs> but uh the most dad thing you said today, Q. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you. Appreciate no it. Was a blessing. All right, blessings. Wow. I love it, man. I love I everything that Kalik had to say, and I love the project that he's doing. Um, it's it's time for us, though, to kind of shift gears, though. So, so we yeah, we're doing a resource today. So every time that we have a show, let me just, if this is your first time watching, first time joining us, um, we have a guest on here. We talk about, we're trying to build a community of dads and show that everybody has somebody to connect with, that everybody, there's no, there's not one way to be a dad. There's not one way to do this whole dad life thing. There's so many different dads with so many different walks of life. And so we want to just highlight that. And in that, we don't only just want to talk theoretical and just sit around and talk, but we want to give you guys some tangible resources uh, to aid you in your dad life, right? To, to, to resource you some tools that you can put in your tool belt. And so the one this week is really cool. It's an opportunity for free, confidential, 24-7 counseling. And so 2020 has been a crazy year. We're into 2021. But if you got some stuff rattling around your head that you just want to talk about, if you got some things that you're struggling with, if you got some things that you're like, Man, if I could just talk to somebody about this, even just to get the next steps, even just to know what the first step is, then I want you to know about this resource. It's huge, huge, huge. It's michigan.gov slash stay well. I'm going to say it again because if you're in the car, you need to just pull over. You need to write this down. If you're watching on your computer, you need to pull up a note on your desktop, write it down. If you're on your phone, write it down, text it to somebody, whatever. But it's michigan.gov slash stay well. And it's, again, it's an opportunity for free, confidential, 24-7 counseling. And so, I mean, this is a huge opportunity. They don't check your income. They don't, it's, it's available to literally anyone and everyone. Like there's not a qualifier to it. And so if you want to call, you can call as well if you're not like an internet person or a computer person. And the number is 1-888-535-6136. I'm going to say that again. one 888 535-6136. And then you press the number eight once you get into the menu and stuff. And it'll take you where you need to go. Uh, Q, we'll put that. We'll put that. Okay, sweet. It's down at the bottom as well. one 6136 And we'll put it in our um, description of the episode too, right? For like our resource yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yep. And one thing okay. it doesn't say is that remember to press number eight. Yes, so. press number eight. But it's michigan.gov slash stay well. I mean, that's huge. Free confidential counseling, you know, and, and, and dads, sometimes we need somebody to talk to, you know, 
We need somebody to bounce some ideas off of. And it's okay to just say, hey, I'm not okay, you know? Yeah. We did then we do a whole podcast about it's okay yeah. not to be okay. Yeah, in the middle of COVID, we talked about how it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And I think we can reiterate that going from 2020 to 2021. It's okay to still not be okay. We're still in the thick of things with COVID, you know, and in my mind and in, in our home. I'm preparing our whole family for our kids not to go back in person until September. So think about that. This is January and we're preparing them to not go back to normal life until September. Well, February, bro. Yesterday was January, but ah, I give it a <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's early in the year. And, you know, if you think about where we are when you're watching this or if you're watching it in the current day, uh, in the future, it's just it's a long time away for those kids. But that's just the reality. And so that's a lot of uh, stress in the home. That's a lot of time you got to fill. That's a lot of, you know, things you got to plan for to, to adjust to their mental needs and your mental needs. And, you know, we all need a little bit of space, too. So. I would say check out that resource. I would say don't don't feel like you got to be on the fringe. Don't feel like you got to be the guy who's like literally no. about to do something dangerous and you don't know what else to do. Don't do that. No, you it's free. It's confidential. It's 24 hours a day. So, yeah, be the guy who's a normal guy who's like, I'm frustrated and I just need somebody to talk to for a minute. And it's it's normal. Like. We, we need to normalize mental health. We need to not wait till we get to breaking points and we are at the point of, of hurting ourselves or someone else. We need to like say, recognize I'm not well. And I'm not well in the sense of like, you know. Like I'm not the best me that I can be right now. Yeah, yeah. So like realize it before you get to that point to where you're at the edge and you're like, look, I, I'm not 100. This isn't the best me. And so I know we got the number at the bottom, the one 535 6136 pound eight. But yeah, let's let's do it. So let's do it. I love it. That's a good resource. Please take advantage of it, guys. Leverage it to your success as a dad. Yeah, well, Sam, although we've come to the end of the road, it's time for us to uh to talk about where they can find us. So um, you know what's cool? We have our episodes premiering both on YouTube and on Facebook. So anyone checking this out, if you aren't, follow us on Instagram at dad2thebone podcast. So you can see it there at the bottom. It says number two. And on Facebook at dad2thebone. Just put that in the search bar. And so and in those, if you could, we'd ask that you would like and subscribe and share our YouTube page because we need to get to 100 followers as quickly as possible so we can actually like name it Dad to the Bone because there's literally a few Dad to the Bones. And if you <laughs> find us, might not find us first. And we, we want to have that first spot. So um, that that's where you can find us. And so. Sam, before we, we wrap this up, do you have any nuggets that you want to share? Any any goodness? Man, I just back to what Kalik said, you know, back to what Kalik said. Um, exposure, normalization, you know, going into Black History Month. Yeah. Um, exposure, normalization, getting your kids connected with other cultures, with other people who don't look like them and think like them and see the world like they see the world, experience the world like they experience the world. That is such a benefit to your kids. And so if I can encourage you in any way, shape, or form to do that, guys, do it. That is powerful. And then also patience. I know I'm stealing all the nuggets, but you let me go first, so that's what it is. Patience. That's massive, man. Next Please. time, you go last, buddy. Next time, you go last. <laughs> I'm just going to reiterate everything Khalid said, so you'll be like, yep, 
Good show. Yeah, I'm I'm just doing a mental checkoff too. Like, thanks, Sam. Thanks, yeah. Sam. But I mean, it's so huge because that applies to brand new dads, not even dads yet. Dads in the middle of the struggle. Dads in the teenage years. Q, we're not even to the teenage years yet. I mean, we don't even know what's about to hit. I was just thinking as Kalik was talking, like, because my oldest is 10 and like the conversation is different. Like it's, it's you know, like we were having the conversations about why she needs to read and increase her vocabulary. And she's like, I have a good vocabulary. And I was like, mm, do you have a high school level vocabulary? Do you have a college level vocabulary? And it's like, I just recognize that her gears are starting to click and she's starting to put things. I just, I can't, man. I'm not going well, there. Well, on that note, I will say this before we wrap up. One of the key things that Kalik hit on that we all need to remember as parents and Sam talked about it. You talked about it before recognize where our kids are. When I talked about my seven year olds, she's seven. She's not 21. I know that sometimes we, we always want to give our kids credit for being super smart, which they are super intelligent, which they are, but they're still a kid. Yeah. So don't, don't think just because you think the world of them that they're still not growing. And a seven-year-old, no matter how smart, is still a seven-year-old and still yeah. has a lot to learn. A, a five-year-old, so give him a little grace. So, yeah. so I love it. Yeah, with that, uh, until next time, we are out. Peace. Beep, 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 beep.